This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. We focus so much on the spirit and we neglect the soul. But God made us as a three-part being. We cannot ignore our soul. We cannot ascend beyond the point to which our soul thrives. I would that you be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Or another way, another translation says, in the measure that your soul prospers. watching a medical show and in the show there was this doctor that was treating a patient who was unconscious and when the doctor began to draw the blood he began to shake and began to sweat and then he passed out and he almost died you know why because the patient was toxic there was a chemical reaction in her blood and the patient was toxic now, here's the first lesson. If you hang around with toxic people, ah, come on. If you hang around with toxic people, you might get exposed to some toxic waste that you need to then detoxify it from because people you hang around can suck the life out of you. People you hang around that are bitter. See, the Bible says that a bitter root defiles many. So if you hang around with bitter people, you're going to have the propensity to lean toward bitterness. If you hang around with happy people, you'll have the propensity to be happy. You know, you are like the five people you hang around with the most. Amen. Who wants to reevaluate re their associations today? Amen. We're in a season of the overflowers. Lord started talking to me about looking for the company of the overflowers because I want to be around people who have rivers of living water flowing through their belly, not rivers of toxicity that want to ruin my life with theirs. Amen. We've got to be around people that edify us and whom we can edify. We've got to be in the company of the overflowers. What are you overflowing with today? Because we're all overflowing with something. This man here, my brother, powerful. He's overflowing with the Spirit of God. Amen. He's overflowing with worship. He's an atmosphere shifter. What are you overflowing with? Out of the abundance of your mouth, out of the abundance of your heart, yeah, something comes out of the abundance of your mouth too. Oh, some of y'all, I heard what y'all said yesterday. Oh, some of y'all don't look too happy about it. You're like, wait, what? I'm kidding. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. I can identify your faith. I can identify your problem. I can identify your issues by just listening to you talk. Talk to me long enough. So y'all don't want to counsel with me. Praise God. Amen. You want to counsel with pastors Mitch and Pilar. Amen. You don't want to counsel with me because I will discern the overflow, the demonic influence, and I'll go to doing some hands and feet ministry, some casting out of demons. Amen. Now, the afternoon service is a little wilder. If you were looking for the tame service, uh, well, none of our services are tame. But if you, if you can't handle this much, you need to go to the AM service, amen? Because the afternoon service, it just gets a little more. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Can't turn up, 
What's flowing out of you? Is toxicity flowing out of you? Are you having a hard time maintaining relationships? Are you having a hard time holding down a job? What are you having? What is the pattern in your life? It's because of what is overflowing from you, from your heart, from your emotion. So we want to deal with this today. Toxicity. Toxins can actually affect your vision, your breathing, your heart rate, your digestive system, your muscular system, your, your, uh, they can choke you, they can make you feel weak. Toxins can make you depressed, they can give you mental issues. Now translate this to the emotional realm. If physical, natural poisons, toxins can do all this to your physical body, what do emotional toxins do to you? I submit to you they can do many of the same things. Some people aren't really suffocating in the reality that they cannot breathe, but they feel suffocated. Some people have what are called autoimmune diseases. Have you heard of such a thing? This is when your body actually turns up on itself and begins to eat itself. And this is often stemming from a disease. See, diseases are disease, and many diseases start in our soul. Many diseases actually are rooted in stress. Did you know that? Can I get can I get uh, physiological on you for a minute? How many of y'all are stressed out? How many of y'all are lying? How many of y'all are too blessed to be stressed? How many of you are too religious to 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 believe that you could be stressed out? You don't recognize it. See, that's the problem with a lot of our issues. Is we are so Religious. But we don't want to admit that we have a problem. You know what the first step to getting free is? Admit that you have a problem. So if we want to be so stoic and if we want to be so religious, if we want to be that way where we cannot admit that we have a problem, then we will stay in our bondage. Because the Bible says, confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed. And yes, of course, God can do something sovereignly. He can cry out to him. He can deliver you in the silence of your own home. Okay, I'm not saying that he can't. But many times it requires a humility to get free. Amen. Especially if it's an issue of pride, then you're going to have to go humble yourself before somebody. It's part of the process. Somebody say process. Fatigue, skin problems, joint problems, swollen glands. These are all issues that can emerge from emotional toxins. Some of the toxins of which I speak are regret, denial, rage, uh, guilt, condemnation, shame, uh, unforgiveness, uh, anxiety, fear, depression. How about this? Frustration, envy. All of these things are toxic. Some emotions can be healthy at the start, but they can turn toxic. Grief can turn toxic. Anger is not unhealthy in and of itself. Jesus got angry and wiped, the, he turned over the temple tables. God gets angry, but he doesn't stay angry. If you're angry all the time, honey, you got some toxicity in there that you need to get rid of. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin. Not. Be ye angry and sin. Not. But many times when we get angry because we don't know how to manage our emotions, we sin. And not just with anger, but with many other emotions. You know, your emotions will lead you into sin. The enemy toys with your emotions and then your emotions will 
lead you right into sin if you're not careful. We must learn how to manage them. We've got to manage them like we manage it. We've got to steward our emotions. All these toxicities. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to detox. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You got to detox. Here's the thing. First, I'm sorry, Third John 3 verse 12. And the Bible says, beloved. Somebody say, that's me. You're his beloved. That's such a key. Beloved, I would that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. You know, you can have all the money in the world and be miserable. If your soul is not prospering, you will not be content. If your soul... You know, it's not wrong to focus on the soul. The problem is in many, many, many spirit-filled churches, we focus so much on the spirit and we neglect the soul. But God made us as a three-part being. We cannot ignore our soul. We cannot ascend beyond the point to which our soul thrives. I would that you be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Or another way, another translation says, in the measure that your soul prospers. So if your soul is weighed down, if your soul is in torment, if your soul is in discontent, it caps your spiritual growth because you just, you're you're stuck. You can't thrive beyond the health of your soul. Some people, you ever see people that are 50 years old and they, they act like they're 10 or 12 or 15 or 20? They're stunted somewhere along the way because of some kind of trauma, because of some kind of toxin in their soul that needs to get detox. You know, we do natural detox all the time. Today, we're doing a spiritual detox, and I'm going to focus on three. I'm going to focus on identity emotions, three identity emotions. What are identity emotions? They are emotions that... Uh, that, that tell you who you are. They, they're connected with how you see yourself. And if these, emotion, these emotions, these identity emotions I'm talking about become toxic, then it poisons your whole system. It stunts your spiritual growth. It, 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 you can end up with physical issues. You can end up with emotion. Emotional health is important. Emotional intelligence is important. We have to learn how to separate our who from our do. In other words, we have to understand that we are not what we do. Who we are is different than what we do. We sin, but we're not sinners. We're saints. Amen. We, you know, just because, just because, you know, somebody, you meet somebody and you say, well, what do you do? Well, I'm a doctor or I'm a car salesman. Okay. Well, that's not, that's just your occupation. That's not who you are. And so many times we sin or we make a mistake or we get hurt and we identify with the sin or the addiction. We identify, well, I'm a drug addict. Or we identify, or, or you know, I'm a, I'm a whatever. We identify with the sin or with the toxin instead of identifying with Christ. We live in a digital era in which we can have friends all over the globe. Yet true, deep, personal connections are hard to come by in a busy world. And finding a church that offers prophetic revelation and practical keys to overcome the enemy's plans for your life can be difficult in a seeker-friendly church world. Enter ahop.online, an outreach of Awakening House of Prayer. 
We're a global community of believers passionately pursuing God's presence. We're a prophetic church where the Holy Spirit moves. We empower you to live a supernatural breakthrough lifestyle. Get connected and make true connections in the Awakening House of Prayer global family. If you can't come to our church in Florida, come to our church online. Hey guys, Jennifer LeClaire here, back with a very important school, the School of Deliverance. You know, Jesus said, cast out demons. It's one of the primary functions of the believer. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, you'll cast out demons. But many believers, many churches know so little about it. You know, you can actually get in a lot of trouble if you try to cast out demons and you don't understand the dynamics of demonology. I want to teach you. I want to teach you the signs that someone is demonized. For example, another question that we'll discuss in class is, can Christians have a demon? Well, we'll get into it. How do you cast out a demon? What are the protocols? How do we do this in a safe way? What are some of the most common demonic strongholds? And what are some of the toughest to evict? How do we do this like Christ did it? You know, Jesus cast out devils everywhere he went. We have a lot to learn through the deliverance ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his grace, his anointing, that we cast out demons. We must, we must, I say we must, learn how to do this the Bible way because there are many, many, many people who are going to be coming into the kingdom through this great revival that we're all anticipating. And guess what? They're going to need deliverance ministry. Deliverance ministry is so often ignored. Most churches don't teach it, but I want to teach you. I've got 18 lessons coming at you in the school of deliverance. You can learn all kinds of things. Look around. You're going to see that a lot of people need help and they don't have anywhere to receive it. You can position yourself to do the work of Christ on the earth, the work of deliverance. Check out this school. It's going to bless you. It's going to equip you. Hey, who knows? There's even teachings on self-deliverance. Maybe there's something that you hadn't considered in the realm of deliverance that will really set you free as well. Check it out. And part of our freedom is identifying with him even in the struggle. Because the more we look at him, the freer we will become. If we look at the sin or the pain or the grief, if we stare at that, that's what we're going to move toward. But if we identify with him, well, how are you? Well, I'm grieving. Well, that's good for a season. But you're not supposed to grieve your whole life over a loss. Eventually, you've got to get over it. There may always be a part missing in your heart, but you've got to get over it. The Lord told me in the first service, I was actually, as I was driving here, he said, so many want to be well diggers. How many want to redig the wells of revival in this region and see a mighty outpouring? Oh, good. Three of you. The rest of you, you are dismissed. <laughs> You're dismissed. We want to be well diggers. We want to dig a well in our life. We want to dig that well in our city. But the Lord said, many people need to be grave diggers before they can be well diggers. Because some of you have things in your life that are dead and they're still talking to you. You've got relationships that are dead, but the memory still talks to you, still plagues you. You go in a restaurant, you hear a song and you remember that sweet loved one. And some of you need to have a, some of you have memorials, photos and clothing and items that you kept because they reminded you of the one that is no longer there or the job that you once had. Some of you need to dig a hole in the ground and have a ceremony and say, it's over, it's finished in Jesus' name. Amen. Because you're trying to dig a well, but all these things that are caught up to you, all these voices from the past are speaking to you. The voice of guilt and condemnation can be very subtle. 
or it can be very loud. The voice of guilt and the voice of condemnation tells you that you are no good. You are not worthy to serve the Lord. Of course, the enemy wants to tell you that you're not worthy. Listen, none of us are really worthy except in Christ. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we are nothing. Apart from him, we would have gone to the lake of fire. But he saved us, not so we could walk around in shame and guilt and condemnation. He didn't save us so we could walk around with our head held low. He didn't save us so that the enemy could get us right back into bondage. He saved us so that we could walk in a life of abundance to the full until it overflows. And when there are toxins in your soul, you're not living a life of abundance. I don't care what you say or how much you want to pretend. You're not. When you're depressed, you're not living in abundance. When you are bitter you're not living in abundance when you have a shame identity you're not living in abundance therefore these things must go in the name of Jesus somebody say go amen that was strong that was strong some people give you a guilt trip because of what you did or didn't do some of you have been condemning yourself listen let me just tell you something else if this is going to set somebody free you are not responsible for anybody else's emotions you're not stop taking on the responsibility of how other people think and feel about you or whatever Stop allowing people to put a guilt trip on you. Stop allowing people to manipulate you because they don't have the wherewithal to do what's right, to follow the rules, to get it done on time. And now all of the sudden, their emergency has become your fire. And then when you say no, they're like, well, but I thought, but I thought, you know what? I break that entitlement spirit in the name of Jesus. I'm about tired of dealing with it. You know what we're entitled to? To worship God and to obey him. Amen. We have to set ourselves free from all these entitled people who just want to suck us dry and, and do, we have to do all the things they're supposed to do. That's toxic. Those are toxic relationships. Now we're not so much talking about toxic relationships today. That's a whole other topic, but that is a toxic relationship. Codependency is not a good thing. Amen. But let's talk about guilt. The definition of guilt is the fact of having committed a breach of conduct, especially violating the law and involving a penalty. It's a breach of conduct. Now, it's good to have healthy guilt. But if you walk around guilty all the time, it's toxic. You know, there's false guilt where people, you know, they, they, they think they've done something wrong or they were tempted to do something wrong. And so now they're taking on the guilt of the thing they did not even do. This is how the enemy works. He is the accuser of the brethren day and night. And his guilt produces death. See, healthy guilt will cause you to repent. But it's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance, not the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren will always cause you to run from God. The world's grief, demonic grief, brings death. Let me show you in Scripture. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. For godly grief, you could say godly guilt, godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly grief produces death. See, worldly grief leads to ungodly guilt. And guilt can make you paranoid that you're always doing something wrong. When you have this shadow of guilt that hangs over your life, you're always thinking, I did something wrong, I did something wrong. Or you're afraid 
You know, I used to have, uh, whenever the pastor at this one church I was at, whenever they would call, I thought, what did I do wrong? Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. It was because of the standards they had of performance were so high that I never expected to get a call with good news. I always expected to get a call telling me what I'd done wrong, rebuking me. God can, guilt can cause, cause you to sabotage your own success. You get right to the pinnacle of the breakthrough and then you stop. You get right just about to pay off that credit card and then you get an emotional fit and you go out and run it back up again. You get right to that point of reconciliation with whatever loved one or whatever spouse or whatever it is and this little teeny trigger causes you to blow it. And it's self-sabotage. We have to understand that the enemy doesn't have to work so hard as long as we're doing this to ourselves. Self-guilt, self-sabotage. Guilt can make you defensive over constructive criticism. Somebody tells you something, they're just trying to help you. And they just blow a top or they feel depressed or they feel as if there's something really, 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 really wrong with them just because you tried to help them. You know, I like constructive. If it's done in the right spirit, constructive criticism done in the right spirit, I like that. That's helpful. It's helpful to me. Amen. But if you're going to go freaking out because I tell you, you know, you got a hair out of place, you know, you got some spinach on your teeth, you know, oh, they freak out. Guilt can make you apologize for things you didn't do. I had a real problem with guilt and it was because when my ex-husband abandoned us, he ran off to another country with no warning. Me and my daughter were left behind and she had you know, when she was a teenager, all teenage girls have a hard time, right? How many of you remember being a teenage girl? They're all teenage girls because you got self-image issues, your body's changing, you know, there's all these cliques in the school, and it's the same for guys too, but it's different. And, you know, she had a hard time through that process, and I always thought, I always blamed myself. I said, this is my fault because she didn't have a dad. It's my fault. And I had this guilt. Well, she's miserable. She's not happy. She's fine now, but she wasn't happy. You know, she was miserable. She didn't like her school. She didn't like her friends. She didn't like it. Everything was, and I was, I felt so guilty. And so I overcompensated by trying to give her everything I could give her to make up for the guilt, to try to go the extra mile, to try to do everything. And one day I was with my personal trainer who we had been training together for, you know, six or seven years and we were friends. We had kids the same age. And, you know, we'd always talk about our families. We're training. We just talk and all this stuff. And he said, well, how's your daughter? And I said, Oh, you know, she's just not happy this week, and I'm trying to think of a way to make it better. I'm just trying to fix it. I'm just trying to make it better, which is not a bad thing. But he said to me something that shocked me. He said, when are you going to stop carrying the guilt for her pain? And it shocked me. I was like, wow. Because I was taking on the burden, but it wasn't my burden. It wasn't my fault. And sometimes we take on false guilt. And this dude wasn't even saved. How many of you know God can speak to you through people who aren't saved? It wasn't like he was high and holy. I mean, this man, he was not, he was not holy in any kind of way. But the Lord used him to shake me out of that. And I no longer felt that guilt. You see, I would feel guilty over other things. Many times, once you let something into your life, some kind of toxic emotion, it clouds everything you do. So I walked in guilt. But thank God I broke free from it. Amen. Somebody's breaking free from it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody needs to hear this. You did the best you could. 
Hey guys, Jennifer LeClaire here with you. Exciting news about the prayer movement. We have rebranded Awakening Blaze to now call it Awakening Prayer Hubs. Why? Why do we do that? We've got prayer hubs all over the world. The reason why is because it's not just for home cell prayer groups anymore, not just for church-based prayer hubs anymore. We've expanded this movement to include marketplace hubs, and prison hubs. We've already got our first awakening prayer hub in a prison in California. Businesses are starting to pick this up. And of course, we have awakening prayer hubs all over the world. Lou Engel has endorsed this movement. Mike Bickle has endorsed this movement. Cindy Jacobs, Bill Hammond, Dr. Michael Brown, and many others have endorsed awakening prayer hubs. It's important. It's vital to see prayer going out into the nations and from the nations of the earth. Will you join me? I want to invite you to become an awakening prayer hub leader in your city, in your marketplace, or in your prison or jail system. It's really, really easy. And we provide you all the support you need. You have a private email address. We have an interactive map so you can find and other people can find you. We have a lot of backup for you, training videos. It's all there when you join us at awakeningprayerhubs.com. Please, please, please get on fire with me for your city. You have the authority in your city to pray unto revival. Unlike I do, your boots are on the ground. Your boots are in the marketplace. Maybe your boots are in the prison system, in the jail system. It's time for us to band together, get equipped, get aligned and get ready for revival. Awakeningprayerhubs.com. Join the movement. Hey guys, Jennifer LeClaire here. I'm coming to you with an exciting opportunity to partner with me as I advance the kingdom of God around the world. As many of you know, I am doing a daily prayer call that's reaching millions of people, millions and millions of people a year, but I'm also planting houses of prayers, prayer hubs, apostolic centers, and of course, raising up prophets and prophetic people. But I'm also sowing, sowing, sowing. Jennifer LeClaire Ministries sows back into at least 15 other ministries that are touching the sex trafficking industry. They're touching digging wells in Africa. They're helping uh, drug addicts rehabilitate and so, so much more. I need your partnership. When you partner with Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, whether you're in Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, here in the US, wherever you are in the world, you are helping to open a door for me to come to your nation. You are helping feed hungry people. You are helping the gospel be preached. You're helping media projects flow forth. You are helping, you are sowing, and you will reap a harvest. Listen, you cannot outgive God. I can't do what I do without faithful supporters like you. You know, Billy Graham used to say that the janitor who cleaned the bathrooms would receive the same reward as he did for standing on a platform and preaching the gospel. When you sow into our ministry, you receive a reward. I want to invite you to become an official partner. You'll receive a monthly partner resource, special seating at my events, and so much more. The most important thing is you're being partakers of advancing the kingdom of God, especially if you're a prophetic person, if you're mission-minded, if you're apostolically focused, support, So pray. Amen. God is good and he is doing so much more than any one of us can do alone, but together we can do a lot. We can make an impact. We can have influence on a lost and dying world. It's time. It's time to rise up and go further. I'm asking you, 
Become a partner today.